Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you died for us. We praise you that you rose again from the dead. You're alive today. All power and authority has been given to you. We thank you that you call us to be your friend. Just help us right now to hear your voice, to know the whisper of your spirit. Just take a moment right now. Just say to God in your own heart, God, I want to hear your voice. Jesus, I want to hear your voice. Just listen to what he might want to say to you this morning. Oh, God, would you, would you give us faith to take hold of what you're saying to us this morning? God, for those of us who are just, just hearing your words of love, just hearing how much you love us, God, would you help us to take hold of that in our hearts this morning? For those of us who are just saying, I'm with you, I'll never leave you, I'm with you as, as you walk through this challenge you're in right now, I'll never let you go. God, would you help us to take hold of that strength in our spirit this morning? For, for those of us just hearing his, his voice of calling us to repentance, calling us back to him, calling us to turn around and to move towards him, God, would you... Would you give us faith to do that? God, would you give us a new understanding of your grace just to walk into your arms and to receive your embrace? God, whatever it is that you would say to us this morning, God, would you help us by your Holy Spirit to take hold of that, to trust that it's you, to trust that your words are always good, to trust that we can trust your words because you're faithful and you're kind. Jesus, we do love you. We love you, Jesus. We love your name. We love your word. God, just continue to speak to us this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please grab a seat. You know, I want to talk about uh, prayer and the power of a name this morning. And I, I hope uh, you already know, but often we need to get reminded that prayer is a two-way conversation. It's not just us asking, but it's us listening. It's us listening, getting to know, you know, Jesus as our friend and listening to his voice, listening to, to his will listening to what he's saying to us so that we can pray in accordance with his will and according to his power. I want to talk about uh, prayer and the power of a name. Have you noticed that uh, when you receive a request to do something, when you're asked to do something, the name of the person making the request makes a big difference. 
the name of the person making the request makes a big difference. You know, imagine that I got a, a text message like this on my phone. It might come up on the, the screen behind me from Ben, our youth pastor. It says, mate, reckon you could do me a big fave. Had late night at YC and Rachel really needs me to take her to the shops for a manicure. Reckon you could mow my lawn for me. Should only take a few hours. I am mad busy as Gateway Youth Pastor right now. I don't have time to mow and I know you're a servant leader and all. Ben. Ben. You've got to be kidding me. P.S. The dog has left a mess on the lawn that needs to be picked up ASAP. Now I get a message like that and Ben's name is at the bottom. The, the youth pastor's name is at the bottom and he tells me he's too busy to mow his lawn. You know, what do you think I'm going to do with that request? You know, I'll get all old man, grandpa-ish really quickly. Let me tell you about what it was like in my day to be a youth pastor. <laughs> I was a youth pastor for a long time, Sonny Jim, and I had no fancy building like that. I had no Facebook. I had no fancy projectors. It was all overhead projectors for me. And uh, the church refused to give me stamps to mail out my youth programs. I had to deliver them on foot, horse and cart. You know, I was just, I'm not doing what you ask. You can mow your own jolly lawn. Well, what if I uh, got a request that sounded a little bit more like this one and had a different name at the bottom? And it starts on a gateway letterhead and it says, Dear Jason, in seeking the will of God and the future direction for Gateway Baptist Church, the Board of Elders believe that he has spoken to us through Job chapter 8. Whilst it is yet in its greenness and not cut down, it withereth before any other grass. And Matthew 20, even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve, we believe that as senior pastor you should set the example for servant leadership and mow the 27 acres of lawn at our Mackenzie campus each and every Friday in service to our Lord and Saviour, yours in his loving service, David Angel, Chairman of the Board of Elders. Different name. Uh, dif different name uh, has different power. He, he represents the board that's my boss. I've got to listen to this request differently because there's a different name at the bottom. He holds different power over me. So thankfully, they uh, don't know how to listen to God too well. And I would, uh, I would get back to them and say, David, I've heard your request and uh, I do believe you've been calling me to delegate some of my roles to others for some time. And I think this is a brilliant job for Ben Dainton, the youth pastor. <laughs> he loves mowing the lawn. He's got nothing better to do on a Friday. I, I'm not getting up to, to mow the lawn. You can look for a new senior pastor if that's what you want. <laughs> what if I got a letter a little bit like this? Mr. Jason Ellsworth, Senior Pastor, Gateway Baptist Church, Mackenzie. Dear Jason, I write to inform you of the recent amendment made by the Legislative Council of Churches to the Religious Services Act of 1949. I refer to Section 27A, Paragraph 4. All ministers of religion will be required to serve their nation through the Ministry of Mowing at the Lodge and disposing of any animal excrement on the lawn. Your services will be required on Friday, the 16th of February, 0600, daylight saving time. In service of our great nation, listen to this name, Malcolm Turnbull, Prime Minister of Australia. 
I knew there was a good reason I didn't vote for him. <laughs> I'm never voting for him again. Different name, different power. Thankfully, I belong to the Baptist Union, and we're going on strike. <laughs> I'm not putting up with that. I'm not getting up to mow the lawn for Malcolm. What if, what if I got a letter a little bit like this, the different name? Hang on, I've lost my letters here. To Reverend Jason Scott Ellsmore, Esquire. The palace guard has searched the Commonwealth for the services of an esteemed pastor to manicure the lawns of the palace and to dispose of my precious corgi's droppings. You have been chosen above all other pastors due to your royal pedigree, impeccable dress standard, and splendid use of the Queen's, that's me, English. Please report to Buckingham Palace for your royal duty on Friday the 14th day of February in the year of our Lord, 2018. Hugs and kisses, Her Royal Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, that's generally how she talks to me. But uh, actually, I'm with Malcolm on this one. It's time for Australia to become a republic. <laughs> I'm not getting up to go and mow the Queen's lawn. It is a different name, it's got different power, but that name won't move me. It won't make me get up and mow the lawn. There's only one name that can do that, and it's when I get a little post-it note stuck on my forehead like this in the morning. And it simply says, mow the lawn and pick up the dog poo today or else. <laughs> Susan. Yes, Susan. <laughs> Whatever you say, Susan. You know, the name of Susan has incredible power over me. In our house at Alexandra Hills, you know, the name of Susan has power and authority, and I simply do whatever she asks. Because I know what or else means. You know, the name of the person making the request makes all the difference. You know, a name has power. When you sign your name on a letter, it holds some power. It holds some power. When it arrives someplace else, when, when, when a letter arrives someplace else and your name is at the bottom, it's actually as if you're in the room. It's actually as if you're present. Once you sign the name and that paper, that letter arrives somewhere else with a request, even though you're not there, because your name is on it, it's as if you are present in the room. You see, there is power in a name. There's, there's power in every name. Every name has power. You know, the name of Susan has power to make me tremble in my boots. You know, the name of, of Jason, you know, it has, it has some power around here. You know, according to our constitution and the policy set by the Board of Elders, the name of Jason holds some power to make decisions around here in your workplace. Your name, depending on your position, depending on your position in your workplace, will hold some power. You know, you, you can even put your name on a petition with a whole heap of other names and the fact that your name is on there with a bunch of other names, it holds some power to bring change to a certain situation. You see, there is power in a name. 
Every name has some power. But, but there is a name that is above every other name. It's the most well-known name in the history of the world. It's the only name that has power to heal a human heart. It's the only name that has power to save a sinful soul. It's a name that makes all of hell tremble in their boots. And it's a name that makes all of heaven erupt with shouts of praise. It's a name that's above every other name. It's the only name that has power to save you and to set you free from sin and death. It's a name that's above every other name. It has more power and more authority than any other name. There is one name that is above every other name. Every name has some power, but there is one name that is above every other name. It has all power and all authority on the earth, under the earth, earth, over the earth, in the heavenlies, one name that's above every other name, it's the name Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. That's the name that's above every other name. Now in Philippians chapter 2, this is what it says about the name of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, there is power in every name, but there is a name that is above every other name. There is power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus' first followers understood the power of his name. They understood when they ministered to others in the, in the name of Jesus, it was as if Jesus was present there with his power in the room. And the book of Acts that we're going to go through over the next few weeks, it records the stories of these ordinary people who, who trusted in Jesus. They trusted in his power. They trusted in the power of his name. And they saw, they saw lives change. They saw people set free. They saw people healed. It was as if Jesus was still with them. It was as if, even though Jesus has ascended to heaven, they understood the power of his name and how to minister in the power of his name. It was as if Jesus was still present with them. It was as if, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts just keeps going in the same kind of vein, as if Jesus had never left because they ministered in the power of his name. In Acts chapter 2, when Peter shared the gospel for the first time, he said to the people, repent, repent and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That day, 3,000 people had their lives changed. Their, their sinful souls were saved. You know, their, their human heart, their broken hearts were healed. They were cut to the heart. 
And God began to heal their heart and filled them with his Holy Spirit. It was as if Jesus was there. In Acts chapter 3, if you go to the next chapter, when a lame man asked Peter and John for some spare change, Peter, Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And it says Peter took him by the hand and, and helped him up and immediately his ankles and his legs became strong and he jumped to his feet and he walked for the first time in his life. It was as if Jesus was still there. In Acts chapter 4, when the powers that be didn't like the commotion that had happened when this man got healed, put Peter and John in prison. The next morning, they, they dragged Peter and John you know, out into the, in, uh, before them and say, by what name or what power did you do this? And then Peter says, you know, there's this incredible answer, wonderful answer. He, he says, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. That's how powerful his name is. This man that stands before you healed is according to the name of Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. In Acts chapter 4, verse 18, the, the authorities, the powers that be, the people who thought they had all power, the people who thought they had all authority, said to Peter and John, you are not to speak in this name again. In Acts 4, verse 20, Peter and John said, get stuffed. It's in the Greek. Because they knew, they knew that there was a name that had greater power than the authorities that were speaking to them. You see, when they preached in the name of Jesus, they saw the power to save, even though Jesus was now in heaven. You know, and that when they prayed in Jesus' name, they saw the power to heal, even though Jesus was now in heaven and they were just ordinary people, you know, trying to fulfill, you know, the ministry he'd called them to. They understood the power of the name of Jesus. When they were told never again to speak in the name of Jesus, their immediate reaction was to pray. It says in Acts chapter 4, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. It's interesting the way they, they begin their prayer. They begin their prayer with praise. They, they begin their prayer by saying, Sovereign Lord, you have all power. You created the earth. You see, there is power when we praise the name of Jesus. Some of us have got to get hold of this this morning. They, they begin their prayer by praising God's power. They praise God and they encourage themselves that this situation that they were in and the powers that be that were speaking to them were not outside of God's sovereign control. God was still sovereign, even though the powers that be were trying to control them. They praise God and they encourage themselves that the powers that be are not outside of God's sovereign control. That's the power of praise. When we confess the truth about God's relationship to our situation that we're in right now, 
It encourages us. I, I really think, just been thinking about this this week, that some of you here have got to start to declare the truth about God in praise that, that, that comes against. See, see, there's something that the enemy's trying to do to steal, to kill, and destroy, to tear down the truth about God in your life. And, and you've got to come against that with the opposite spirit. And so you've got, to learn, you've got to learn to praise the thing about God that is currently being challenged. Whatever it is that's happening in your circumstances that's challenging, you know, something that is actually true about God, that's what you've got to begin to praise God about. That's what these guys are doing. And so if you've got some, some opposition coming against you or, or some, some temptation that you're under, you, you begin to praise the power of God. Power, the, the sovereign power of God, the power over sin like we've been doing this morning. If you've got anxiety and worry just coming against you, there's a choice. I tell you, I've had to learn to do this a lot in the last 15 years. There's a choice to begin to praise God for the peace that passes understanding. God, you're a God of peace. You've given me your peace. I'm going to walk in your peace. If, if you've got depression coming against you. It's just a dark valley that you're walking through. It's important to begin praising God that He's a God of joy, that the joy of the Lord is my strength. You begin to come against your current circumstance by praising what you know is true about God. This is what's happening here. They praise God by praying the words of an old song next in, in, uh, in Psalm chapter 2. They say, As you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. It's a centuries-old praise song. Well, it's part of a centuries-old praise song. It's Psalm chapter 2. And it declares, and it's true throughout all of history, there'll always be powerful people that rebel against the plans of God. But eventually, they'll always be in vain. And as they're praising God, they begin to apply that centuries-old truth, that eternal truth. They begin to apply it to the situation that they're in right now. And that's the power of praise for us too. We take what is true about the power of Jesus and we apply it to our own situation that we're walking through. So they prayed like this. They says, indeed, because they'd seen it. Indeed, Herod and Pontius, Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They acknowledged the truth in their prayer. They acknowledged that Jesus suffered at the hands of a king named Herod and a ruler named Pilate. But listen to the next bit of the prayer. All right, they're taking truth about God, truth that's always been sung, always been declared, always been praised, and they're putting it into their current situation that they're walking through. Listen to this next bit of this prayer. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So they praised God's sovereign power that is able to accomplish his plan whatever challenges we face, whatever obstacles we come against. Listen to this. Even his enemies, even the enemies of the cross, even the enemies of God do what the power of God has predetermined to do. And they encourage themselves through praise. Now the same people that, that are right now opposing us, they oppose Jesus. 
This is normal. This is going to happen. They put Jesus to death. But it was according to God's plan to redeem the whole world. Now everyone can be saved because of what they did. It encouraged them as they began to pray in the challenges they were facing. And it should encourage us today that any suffering that you endure, it is not outside of God's sovereign power and control. And even when we do suffer, he is able to use it for good. He's able to use it according to his purposes. Romans 8, 28, stick it on your wall. You know, that God, God is able to work all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. That's what God is like. And they begin to praise him for it. I tell you, there is power. There's power when we praise the name of Jesus. As we praise him in prayer, we receive power to face the challenges that we're walking through. I've been really reminded of the power of praise this week. You know, I've, uh, some of you know, I've, I've started running a bit. I'm trying to, trying to get fit. And, uh, you know, I'm running a little bit further uh, every week. And uh, just, uh, just this week, I was, and, and I, you know, it's a mind game as much as it is a physical game. And I'm running, some, I hope none of you saw this, but I'm running along Cleveland waterfront, right, on, uh, on early Monday morning. And I'm, I'm starting, I'm fair way in, I'm starting to get defeated. My shoulders are slumped, my head's down, sweat's dripping off me. And then this song came on my playlist. And my run started to change. My shoulders came up, my chest pumped up, my, my head started looking up, my pace increased. Like I actually started to run. I'm doing these ones down the waterfront. And all of a sudden, you know, I've got power. And then, then the song stopped and we just got into some more boring stuff and the shoulders began to slump, the head began to get down and I'm struggling again and I'm feeling discouraged and I want to give up and I've had enough and then this song comes on and uh, all of a sudden, man, I'm doing, whew, I'm, I'm running on the spot, I'm, I'm doing these ones as I'm running and I'm I'm, uh, I'm on fire again. You know, I can, no one can stop me. I got energy that I didn't know I had. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing cartwheels. I won't do it this morning. Down in the Cleveland waterfront. And then I started to get a bit tired again. I'm getting near the end. And I get this self-talk that starts to go on. Going, Jason, you are fat and lazy. Jason, why can't your legs just work? You know, why can't you be a marathon runner like Cirque's? You know, why, why, why is your body, you know, this useless? And I start to get a bit of self-talk going on. And then uh, this song comes on. And my frown turns into a smile. And, and I find myself running along Cleveland Waterfront. Before I know it, I've got my hands in the air. I'm, I'm praising Jesus. I've got a smile on my face. I don't care I'm not a marathon runner. Jesus has come to save me. I don't care I'm not as fast as Cirque. Jesus is alive. You know, the King has come. I was reminded. I hope none of you were at Cleveland Waterfront on Monday morning. If you were, and you were so embarrassed that you had to tell your friend that's my pastor, I, I'm very sorry. 
<laughs> the funny bit was that I actually did happen. And then as I'm thinking about it, I started writing my sermon in my head and I did it all over again, just, uh, just as I'm going through the sermon. But I discovered or reminded again of the power of music and the power of praise. You know, my, my playlist when I run is a mixture of Aussie rock and Christmas carols. Go figure. But, uh, you know, as, as, as I began, as, I, as, as the music, you know, began to sort of overtake some of my thoughts, it changed my body. And then when I began to sing these Christmas carols that I love, I'm reminded of what happened here at Christmas and I'm reminded of the big fact of what Jesus has done at Christmas. It actually changed something within me. It actually changed the way I acted. It changed the energy. It changed my thoughts. It changed my mind. That's the power of praise. Some of you, and I've, been, I've said this a few times already this year, you, you've got to get yourself to playlist of praise. You've you got, you got to get something that, that enables you to, to lift up the name of Jesus and look to the risen Jesus in the midst of your challenges. You've got to come against what's coming at you in the opposite spirit. Don't let the enemy rob you of the truth of who God is. Because when you declare the truth in praise, it strengthens you. It empowers you to do what you can't do on your own. And God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. We take hold of it through praise. There's power when we praise the name of Jesus and there's power when we pray in the name of Jesus. You see, they praised him in prayer and then they petitioned him in prayer. Listen to this. The prayer goes on to say, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Listen to the answer to prayer. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. They prayed in the name of Jesus and they asked God for more power and he answered their prayer. Now prayer in the name of Jesus is praying in accordance to Jesus' will and according to Jesus' power. There's just a couple of things I just want to speak into here that are really important for us as we as a church expect more power through more prayer. See, prayer in the name of Jesus is powerful when we understand our position in Jesus. You know, praying in the name of Jesus is not some kind of magical incantation that we put on the end of our prayers. You know, in the name of Jesus, that word in is actually really important. It's a preposition of position. It talks about our position in Christ. You see, when you put your faith in Christ, you get a new position before God. You know, on the cross, Jesus died to forgive our sins that made us an enemy of God. That was our position before Christ. Living in sin, you're an enemy of God. When you put your faith in what Christ has done on, on the cross, all of our sins are defeated, are forgiven. The punishment is gone. 
and we actually become into a new position in Christ. You know, we become friends of God. We become, you know, children of God. We become sons and daughters of God. You know, if you read through the book of Ephesians, it says, you know, that we, in Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. In, in Christ, you know, we are, we are seated in the heavenly realms with the risen Jesus. We're given a new position before God in Christ, and we need to understand it. It's because of your position as a much-loved child of God, that you can pray with great expectation. Now, I've quoted this verse a fair bit this year already, but it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? Or, or Matthew, when he's recording it, says, Give good gifts to those who ask Him. That's what God loves to do. When, when you're a child of God, He loves to give good gifts to His kids. You know, a few days before Christmas, I was walking into my shed, just uh, normal kind of uh, nightly uh, jobs to do uh, in there. Susan commanded that I did them, so I just went and did what she said. And uh, I, I was going into the shed, and, and my daughter's boyfriend followed me into the shed. I'm thinking, what is he doing? You know, he's been hanging around here for a couple of years. He has never followed me into the shed. He, he's never, you know, wanted to come and chat to me in the shed or do any jobs in the shed. He, he walks in. He's got this big goofy look on his face. He's got a smile. It looks like his head's about to explode. And, and he looks at me and he's muttering and he's got words he's stumbling over and he can't quite get him out, get him out. And he, he says, Jason, I'd like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. And I immediately said yes. I immediately said yes. I immediately granted his request. Not because of his eloquent words. He didn't have any. And, uh, and not because of his worldly wealth. You know, he's a 20-year-old apprentice and he's just spent all of his savings on a ridiculous ring for my daughter. I, I granted his request because it's the right time He's the right person for my daughter. And I want to give good gifts to my daughter. I want to give good gifts to my kids. So I immediately said yes. Right time, right person, immediate yes. Now someone said to me last week that, you know, I'd be a terrifying father-in-law. I don't know what they're talking about. I am warm, I'm cuddly, I'm a big pushover. I immediately say yes. I mean, he made that request with confidence. He'd already bought the ring. He'd already spent every dollar he has on that ring. It was pretty, he had pretty conf confident walking in there with that big goofy look on his face, asking for that request. You see, when you understand your position in Christ, you pray with confidence. You ask with confidence, knowing that you've got a dad who loves to give good gifts to his kids. Prayer in the name of Jesus is powerful when we understand our position in Jesus. You're a child of God. Prayer in the name of Jesus is powerful when we're in a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, the name of Jesus, as I said, it's not an incantation that you put on the end of your prayer to get what you want. You know, it's not like, God, I want... A 200 series turbo diesel Land Cruiser, a new one, and I want someone else to mow my lawn for me, and I want you to get Susan off my back. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. You, you can't just tack on, you know, the in Jesus' name and, and, and hope that a prayer like that is going to happen. It's not how it works. This is not a formula to follow, to get what you want. You see, all, I want you to write this down if you've got something to write it down on because you've got to get your head around this. All the promises of God are true in relationship with God. All of the promises of God are true in relationship with God. He has never once given us a formula to follow. We follow a person. His name is Jesus. He's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords. He has all power and all authority, but he's actually, through his death, made a way for us to be his friend. And on the night before Jesus died, he speaks to his closest friends and gives them some final instructions about prayer. Have a look at this in John 15. It says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learnt from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever, listen to this, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You see, it's as you get to know Jesus as a friend, it's as you learn his heart, as he reveals his will to you, as you learn to listen to his voice, that you find power to pray in the name of Jesus because you're, you're listening to what he's already wanting. You're listening to what he's wanting to do because you, you know that he would put his name to that. You know that's the kind of request he'd put his name to and as you listen to the whisper of his spirit, you know that it's the right time for it. There's a timing. You see, prayer in the name of Jesus is powerful when we understand our position, it's powerful when we're in a personal relationship with Him, and it's powerful when we're persistent. There is a right time. In Luke chapter 18, it says, Jesus told His disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. You know, we live in this insta society where we want answers now. We expect answers now to our requests. But God often answers prayer through snail mail. None of us write letters anymore. Unless you're over the age of 70, you know, no one writes a letter and puts a stamp on it. We, we, we want answers now. In Luke 18, Jesus says, I want you to pray and not give up. Keep on praying. I want to find faith on the earth when I come. I want to find people still calling out to me in prayer. In the book of Revelation, there's this picture of his bowl just collecting all of the prayers of the saints. And there's a time when heaven just pours out the power of those prayers on the earth. We're called to pray persistently. As I look through history, when people get the power of prayer, when people are in a personal relationship with God and they're hearing the will of God, when people pray persistently, God's power is poured out on the earth. 
You know, when Moses prayed, the sea parted and a million slaves were set free. When Samson prayed, he was given miraculous strength to defeat his enemies. When Elijah prayed, fire came down from heaven and rain came down on a dry ground. When Hezekiah prayed, the nation was saved from the enemies that was coming against them. When Hannah prayed, her barren womb became pregnant with a son. When David prayed, he was forgiven of his sins and he was washed clean in God's sight. When Nehemiah prayed, a city was rebuilt and families could live in peace once again. When Daniel prayed, he was thrown into the den of lions, but God saved him from certain death. When the disciples prayed in Jesus' name, they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and they shared the gospel boldly. When Paul and Silas prayed in prison, God, you know, pushed the doors of the prison open and he set them free. When the early church prayed, God, would you stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders to heal in the name of Jesus. God answered that prayer. He poured out his Holy Spirit on them like he promised to. And and they began to heal people in the name of Jesus. They began to see people get saved from their sin in the name of Jesus. They began to see people get set free from death and evil in the name of Jesus. They discovered that God is able to do immeasurably more than all that they'd ever asked or imagined. That's what we're expecting more of at Gateway in 2018. More power through more prayer. I encourage you today, we've got these little prayer cards. They'll be sitting in the seats in front of you. We've got a new prayer wall at the back. I encourage you today, get started. Write, write your big prayer for you, for your family, for people who don't yet know Jesus. And pray a prayer that you know you can pray in Jesus' name. You know it's the, the heart of God, the will of God, and you're going to keep praying until you see it happen. Hang it up there. We're going to have others praying for you during the week. We're, we're going we're gonna to pray together until we see it happen. If you've already got answered prayer, put your answered prayers up there. You can use the same card. Just, uh, just, just let us hear as a church family your prayer so we can join together and say an amen with you. Also, I want to encourage you to be here Tuesday night. These campus prayer meetings are going to be just times of listening to God and times of just trusting in the power of God to bring change in this season, in our communities, in the lives of people that we live, work and laugh with, in our families. Really encourage you to be here Tuesday night, seven o'clock in the loft. Put our prayer up on our prayer wall uh, to Today, come back here Tuesday night. Let's pray together as a church family that God would do uh, more than what we've ever asked, dreamed, or imagined. As we finish this morning, let me just tell you about the most important prayer that you'll ever pray. It's more important than praying for rain, it's more important than praying for blessing, it's more important than praying for provision. It's a prayer of salvation, it's the most important prayer that you will ever pray. Your position before God changes as you pray that prayer. God always hears this prayer. And the good news is it's always yes. In Romans chapter 10, it says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is a prayer in the name of Jesus that will forgive all of your sins. It means that what Jesus did on the cross for you will be true for you right now. Your sins will be forgiven. 
and you become you know, a child of God the way that God initially created you to be. Much loved child of God can talk to Him like a dad, like a friend. It's the most important prayer you'll ever pray. It's a prayer of salvation because salvation is found in no other name but the name of Jesus. Because there's no one else with any other name who actually came to earth, proved that He was God, died on a cross to save you from your sin and rose from the dead on the third day. That's the reason that salvation is not found in any other name. Nobody else has done that for you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer of salvation right now and know that God will hear that prayer and answer it with a yes. Can I just ask everyone to close their eyes, bow their heads. This morning, you're here. You're not sure where you stand with God. You're not sure of your position before God, but you just know this morning you want to make that request of God. You want to ask Jesus to forgive your sins. You want Him to be your personal Savior. You want Him to be your Lord and King from now on. You want to follow Him for the rest of your days. If that's you this morning, you want to pray that prayer of salvation with me, maybe for the first time or the first time in a really long time. Can I just get you, every eyes closed and heads bowed, just to stick your hand up right now and say, I want to pray that prayer with you this morning, Jason. Just stick your hand up, just so I can see it. Just, just, just chuck it up just for a second, just so I can see it this morning. And I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else this morning? Thank you. Who else this morning? You say, that's the prayer. I want to pray that prayer. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Saviour, to forgive my sins. Just stick your hand up, just so I can see. I'll give you a couple more seconds. That's you. Bless you. Good man. Anybody else this morning? Okay, just pray with me. If that's you, bless you. Good man. If that's you this morning, just pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you made me to be your child. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. And I ask that you would forgive me today. Thank you for sending Jesus to the cross. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Saviour. I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we just put our hands together this morning and encourage all of those that have prayed that prayer? Can I encourage you this morning, if that was you, please head to our welcome lounge this morning. We'd love to give you a Bible. We'd love to help you get started in following Jesus and just growing in your relationship with Him. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? We're going we're to continue just to declare the, the name of Jesus in this place, a beautiful name. I want us to get ready, just, just to get ready in just a moment. Think of the challenge that's coming against you and how you're going to declare the truth of who Jesus is in the midst of that challenge. Just, just begin to you know, think about what is true about Jesus and to declare that truth in the midst of the challenge you're in. Let's worship Him. What a beautiful name.